0: Welcome to the Taylor Merrick Podcast, the 3-in-1 podcast on finances, business, and technology. Broadcasting to you from the studios of TaylorMerrick.com. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here's your host, Taylor Merrick. Hello and welcome to episode number 10 in the Taylor Merrick Podcast. Can you believe it? Already pushing episode number 10. If you would like to subscribe to this feed, simply go out to TaylorMerrick.com, click on the podcast link, and from there on the right hand side, there's one-click subscription into iTunes. You can also listen to it into whatever player you desire. You can also stream it live right from the site, taylormerrickcom slash blog. I'd still encourage you to take the survey located on taylormerrickcom slash blog. It's on the right-hand side. And you go down a little bit to a blue button that says Listener Survey. You click on that. And you can take that survey. Thank you for all those that have taken the survey already. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas, call toll-free 1-866-TMP-2860. I still have that reward ready and waiting. I'm not going to give out what it is or how much it's worth, but... The reward is there, and it's waiting to be taken by the first caller to call in. I'm also planning on doing a premium service for premium listeners. I'll have more detailed information out on the website, taylormerrick.com. Also, a new feature that you might have noticed is press. I have a press release on that site, so if you are a journalist, you can look over that press release and write an article and submit it to your newspaper. Well finally we get to today's topics. For finances it's going to be why savers are losers. For business it's gonna be the most important word in selling and for technology it'll be Google and YouTube. But here's the teaser in finances and business. I will soon be interviewing Robert Kiyosaki. And Donald Trump on their new book, Why We Want You to Become Rich. And I might also be interviewing Zig Ziglar on a future date. So I would encourage you to stay tuned to the podcast until the interview comes. So, to get started into finances, why savers are losers, this is an article adapted by Robert Kiyosaki on the Yahoo Finance column. He's written some articles but why savers are losers I'm sure you've heard the saying a dollar saved is a dollar earned but the problem is for people that say that is that you really don't know the history if you go back in US history after 1971 your dollar was no longer money in 1971 President Richard Nixon changed those rules of money that year US dollar ceased being money, and it became a currency. This was one of the most important changes in modern history, but few people understand why. Well, before 1971, U.S. dollar was real money linked to gold and silver, which is why the U.S. dollar was known as a silver certificate. Now, after 1971, U.S. dollar became a federal reserve note, an IOU from the U.S. government. Instead of our dollar being an asset, it has turned into a liability. Today, the U.S. is the largest debtor nation in history due in part to this change. Well, you can definitely find out how much we're accruing debt. There's a couple counters out on the internet that you can look, but it it's in the billions of dollars, and that has happened because after 1971, Now, I'm sure you can go back in history and document this, but after 1971, the debt U.S. debt has literally exploded. Well, let's take a brief look back at history of modern money, and it's easy to understand why the 1971 change was so important. Well, after World War I, Germany's monetary system collapsed. While there are many reasons for this, one was because the German government was allowed to print money at will, or that's called fiat money. The flood of money that resulted caused uncontrolled inflation there were more marks but they bought less and less in nineteen thirteen a pair of shoes cost thirteen marks by nineteen twenty three that same pair of shoes was thirty two trillion marks and that was due in part to inflation increasing and as the inflation increased the savings of the middle class in germany was wiped out with their savings gone the middle class demanded new leadership that's how adolf hitler was elected Chancellor of Germany in 1933, and how World War II and the murder of millions of Jews followed. In the closing days of World War II, the Bretton Woods system was put in place to stabilize the world's currencies. This was a quasi-gold standard, which meant currencies were backed by gold. The system worked fine until the 1960s when the U.S. began importing Volkswagens from Germany and Toyotas from Japan. Suddenly, the U.S. was importing more than it was exporting and gold was leaving our country. In order to stop the loss of gold, President Nixon ended the Bretton Woods system in 1971 and the U.S. dollar replaced gold as the world's currency. Never in the history of the world had one nation's fiat currency Spend the world's money. To better understand this, here's a couple definitions. Definition of fiat money is money as paper money not convertible in a coin or specie of equivalent value. while well, you might be wondering what is fiat mean? You no know, fiat money. Fiat is a command or act of will that creates something without or as if without further effort. And easier terms that means fiat money means money can be created out of thin air just like that there's money germany did it and now we are doing it that's why savers are losers in world war two middle class lost their savings when hitler came to power and people do irrational things when they lose money that's why we had world war two most economists would disagree with the relation of loss of savings and Hitler it may not be an accurate lesson but it could very well be applicable to this and then between 2000 and 2005 housing prices went through the roof oil went from $10 a barrel in 1997 to over $60 a barrel in 2005 gold went from $275 an ounce in 96 to over $475 an ounce in 2005. In spite of all these increases in prices, the federal government's economists say, inflation is low, it's under control. They are allowed to say that because the government was charged with only monitoring inflation in consumer prices, not asset prices. The Consumer Price Index, known as the CPI, is the pressure gauge the government watches because they want to make sure the consumer is happy finding bargains at Walmart, which is easy because China is forcing consumer prices down. problem is our dollars return to the U.S. to buy our assets. In simple terms, we send cash overseas to buy goods, the overseas investors take our cash, and use it to buy our assets. That's why the Walmart shoppers find bargains in the store, but can't afford to buy house, gas, gold, or stocks. Those same consumers also worry about their jobs going overseas. In summary, investors shop for asset bargains, and consumers shop for consumer bargains and try hard to save money that is not really money. It is fiat money, or money that is not convertible in a coin, money that can be created out of thin air. and We're basically following history just like Germany did with inflation and inflation is eating up all the money that you would save and you can also look at banks and the rate that they pay you per quarter per month per year the percentage that they pay you compare that to inflation and you can see how the percentage of inflation and you can see how much money you're losing or how much money you're making and right now if you look at it you're losing money which is why savers are losers And another reason why the rich are getting richer, because they are buying assets with money that is depreciating and growing it at an even faster rate. For more information on this subject, I would recommend reading a book called The Dollar Crisis by Richard Duncan. It will help you understand about the Bretton Woods systems and how they should have just let the gold flow out of our country, and into another country it would have been perfectly fine but with people their emotions speak more than logic does and therefore that's that's what happened to Germany but that would be a book that I would recommend and thank you to Robert Kiyosaki for that article Why the Rich Get Richer Why Savers Are Losers and that'll wrap it up for finances and we move on to business most important word in selling what do you think is the most important word in selling is i'll give you a hint it has only three letters the most important word in the english language is the word why and frank betcher has written a great book on a whole bunch of this, and I believe that he gives a point more, a lot more better than I would be able to, so I will read in the words of Frank Becher. The most powerful word in English language, I believe, is the little word, why? But it took me years of stupid stumbling to find it out. Before I learned the importance of this little one-word question, whenever a man offered an objection, I immediately argued the point with him. It wasn't until one day When a friend of mine telephoned me and invited me to have lunch with him, that I really appreciated the power of this miracle performing word. My friend's name is James C. Walker, president and principal owner of Gibson Walker Lumber Company. After we ordered lunch, Jim said, Frank, I'll tell you why I wanted to see you. Recently I went down to Skyland, Virginia on a stag party with a group of friends. We had a great time. We all slept on cots at night in a large one-room cabin. Well, you know what happened the first night. Instead of going right to sleep, we started talking back and forth. One by one, they fell asleep until finally I was the only one left talking. Every time I stopped talking, the fellow next to me would say, Why, Jim? Why? And like a fool, I would go on and go into more detail until he snored. Then I realized that he had been trying to see how long I could talk. We both let out a big laugh. Right there, Jim went on. It suddenly occurred to me that here was the way I bought my first life insurance. I didn't know whether you realized what you were doing, Frank, but the first time you called on me, I told you that I was going to tell you the same thing I told every other insurance salesman who came to see me. I don't believe in life insurance. Instead of launching into a long argument like other salesmen did, you merely asked, why. As I explained why, you encouraged me to keep on by repeating, Why, Mr. Walker? The more I talked, the more I realized that I was on the wrong side of the argument. Finally, I convinced myself that I was wrong. You didn't sell me. I sold myself. But I never knew just how it happened until that night I talked too much down at Skyland. Now, Frank, the point of the story is this. Since I got back, I sat in my office and sold more lumber right over the telephone than I ever sold before just by asking why. So I wanted to let you know, in case you didn't already know, how you sold me my first policy. Jim Walker is one of Philadelphia's most successful lumbermen and a busy man. I've always been grateful to him for taking me aside to make me realize as I never did before the power of this little word, why? I am amazed that many salesmen are afraid to use it. I told this story in our lecture courses a few years ago and had salesmen and others in various fields of activity all over the country tell me how they started using why the next day and how it helped them. Let's just take one example. In Tampa, Florida, a machinery sales agent got up in our school one night and said, When I heard Mr. Betcher talk about why, last night, I thought I'd be afraid to use it. But this morning, a man walked into our place and priced a large machine. I told him it was $27,000. He said, That's too much money for me. I said, Why? Because, he said, it would never pay for itself. Why? I asked you think it would?' he asked frankly. "'Why not? It has been a wonderful investment for everyone who has bought them,' I replied. "'I couldn't afford it,' he said. "'Why?' I asked. Each time he offered an objection, I asked him why. He then elaborated on his reasons. I let him talk. He talked enough to find that his reasons did not add up right, so he bought that machine. That was one of the quickest sales I ever made.' but I know I wouldn't have made it if I had given him my usual long drawn out sales talks. Listen to this. The late Milton S. Hershey, who used to push a candy pushcart around the streets and later made millions out of chocolate bars, Hershey's, thought why was so important that he dedicated his life to it. Sounds fantastic, doesn't it? Well, here's how it happened. Milton S. Hershey had three failures "'before he was forty. "'Why?' he asked himself. "'Why is it that other men succeed and I fail?' "'Putting himself through a long quiz, "'he narrowed the answer down to one reason. "'I was going ahead without having all the facts. "'From that day until his death at eighty-eight, "'his whole life was dedicated to the philosophy of asking why. "'If someone said to him, "'It can't be done, Mr. Hershey,' he'd say, "'Why? Why not?' And then he kept on asking why until he had all the reasons. Then he'd say, now one of us has got to get the answer. Well, isn't that exactly what J. Elliot Hall of New York discovered was wrong with him in selling? He had been trying to go ahead without having all the facts. That's part of the big lesson I learned from him. And as the most important word in selling is why... And that'll wrap it up for business. And now we move on to technology. And technology is Google and YouTube. If you haven't heard it already, Google is holding talks to buy YouTube for around $1.6 billion. If it was completed, such a transaction would combine two of the top 10 video providers and raise the stakes. In Google's battle against myspace.com. So this is very interesting to see how this will turn out. You I'm sure if you're a video person and you spend a lot of time on the internet, you like YouTube, and then you also go to video.google.com. Google Google is planning on merging it all into one so then YouTube will be owned by Google. I don't know the full details on if YouTube will still be able to be the same or if it'll all be thrown into video.google or if Google will be taking their videos and putting them over to YouTube I don't know exactly how that would work but you can look in the news you can watch YouTube.com and Google.com and see what becomes of this if they're going to be buying if Google is going to be buying YouTube and the funny thing is is YouTube has just signed an agreement with CBS television network Showtime networks and CSTV networks and now they will start offering YouTube short-form news sports and entertainment programming beginning this month of October now YouTube will start having news sports and entertainment on YouTube Privately held, YouTube and CBS will share revenue from advertising sponsorships of CBS videos, and that's what the company said. We're pleased to be the first network to strike a major content deal with what is clearly one of the fastest growing new media platforms out there, said CBS chief executive Les Moonves. This strategic partnership is a unique development in CBS's continuing initiative to monetize our industry-leading content across new distribution platforms. We're now able to offer select entertainment, news, and sports programming to a new significant audience, get paid for it, and learn a few things along the way. Separately, YouTube and Sony BMG Music Entertainment announced a deal that will make available a wide variety of video content from the music company's library to YouTube users. Under the arrangement, YouTube users will be able to interact with videos from a wide array of Sony BMG artists. Sony BMG and YouTube will allow users to include certain Sony BMG sound recordings in their own uploads. Sony BMG and YouTube will share revenue from advertising. Same thing with CBS. And this is a very interesting thing that will come about. The irony is, is YouTube just might be bought out by Google and then we don't know how that would work out. And that will be it for technology. I'd like to thank you for listening to episode number 10 in the Taylor Merrick podcast. If you have any Questions, comments, or ideas, call toll-free 866-TMP-2860. Reward is thought there for the first person to call in with a question. My name is Taylor Merrick, and I will see you next week. This is the story of the want. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine,